Hi, good morning St John's, especially to those who are listening in for the first time and those I've not spoken to on the phone, by email, on WhatsApp or via Zoom. Hashtag life before lockdown has been trending on the BBC News website where people are being invited to put up pictures of where they were immediately before lockdown was announced. Where were you? On Friday 13th of March, Nikki and I were at Urquhart Castle on the shores of Loch Ness and we have photos to prove it. Little did I imagine how quickly life would change. Oh, the challenge of lockdown. Both Nikki and I are classified as being vulnerable on health grounds, so we've not been, able out, not been, able, not been out other than for exercise since the 15th of March. And I know many others of you identify with this. Shortly after Boris Johnson's announcement, I remember Nikki saying to Nikki and Ruth, what am I going to do for 90 days? Ruth replied, you could read through the whole Bible. And so I am. And I've been jotting down a few thoughts each day on what I've read. And as much as a challenge to keep myself to keep going as anything else, I've been sharing those thoughts daily with our home group. As I write this, I'm on day 64 and I'm still in the Old Testament. John has given me the subject of faith with as wide a remit as I choose, but limited to 10 to 15 minutes. There will be many aspects of faith that we'll not cover, but hopefully these few thoughts will be helpful. I want to include a memory verse today. I want to challenge you to memorise this first verse in Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. In the King James Bible, this reads, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And that's the version that I read when I was a child and learnt at that time. There are many different types of walls in our house. And on the internal surface, they all look similar, albeit with a different finish. Some are plastered, some are papered, some are painted and some need to be. On closer inspection, there are fundamental differences. Some of the walls are stud walls made only of plasterboard and they're hollow behind that plasterboard and I found that out to my cost and they wouldn't support anything. Some of the outside supporting walls are brick and are really quite thick. The substances and materials used determine the strength of the structure. Last week, John spoke very clearly and plainly about hope, Christian hope. Faith, according to our memory verse, 
is the substance that gives our hope shape and support. I'm sure many of you, like me, will know the parable that we find in Luke chapter 6, verses 46 to 49, where Jesus tells the story of a wise man building his house on rock and a foolish man building on sand. And when trials, trouble, unexpected circumstances come, the wise man is safe and the foolish man is not. He's safe because he built his life on the words of Jesus. Today I want to address four aspects of faith and look a little at the life of Abraham to help us to do that. Firstly then, what is the source of our faith? Where does our faith come from? In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, Paul writes, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. A more literal translation of the Greek text would be, I live by the faith of the Son of God rather than I live by faith in the Son of God. Again, in Ephesians chapter 2 and four, verse 8, Paul says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and that not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. For many years, as I read and interpreted that verse, I thought that the word gift was referring exclusively to the grace that God has given us in Jesus. But again, a more detailed look at the way the verse is put together indicates that the gift is both the grace and the faith. Our faith is a gift from God. Our faith comes from God. He is the source of our faith. <clears throat> Secondly then, what is the object of our faith? Who do we put our faith in? Who do we trust? Do I put my faith in myself? At this time, do I put it in my discipline to maintain social distance, to protect myself and others from danger? Do I put my faith in the government? Do I feel they have all the answers? Do I put my faith in science? Will they ever find a vaccine? Do I put my faith in someone or something else? A few weeks ago, John spoke from Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, where Jesus calms the storm on the lake. After calming the storm, Jesus says to the disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They're in the presence of Emmanuel, God with us, and they're blind to see who he is and what that means. I suspect I would have been the same. And to be honest, even today, 
even looking back with the knowledge of Jesus' death and resurrection and his sending of the Holy Spirit to live inside of me, would I have reacted any differently at that time? In verse 11 of our reading, though the promise that Abraham and Sarah received was humanly speaking hard to believe, it says that Abraham considered him faithful who had made the promise. Abraham considered him faithful who had given the promise. In his final words before he died, Joshua said to the children of Israel, you know with all your heart and soul that not one of the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. That's in Joshua 23 and verse 14. And it's repeated by Solomon when he dedicated the temple in Jerusalem. The 20th century evangelist Dwight L. Moody said, God never made a promise that was too good to be true. And then I think of the song we often sing, Father of Kindness, and the refrain, all your promises are yes and amen. <clears throat> Isaiah in chapter 49 and verse 15 says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. And at a time when Jerusalem was being overwhelmed by her enemies, Jeremiah was able to declare in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is the object of our faith. Because he is God and because he is faithful, he is utterly trustworthy and will never let us down. Thirdly then, what is the evidence of faith? How do we show that we have faith? By our actions, by our obedience, by being vulnerable by taking risks. Remember Tim Giles used to say that faith is spelt R-I-S-K. In our reading we have the story of Abraham and Isaac. God had promised Abraham that he and Sarah would have a son, Isaac, though past the age for naturally bearing children, and that through Isaac Abraham's descendants would be so many that they would number more than the grains of sand on the seashore. Into that context, God asks Abraham to take Isaac on a journey up a mountain and there to sacrifice him to God as an offering. How would you have reacted? How would I have reacted? How did Abraham react? 
Abraham trusted God and believed God would provide an answer. Indeed, that if necessary, he would raise Isaac from death to life to fulfil his promise. In the same way he tested Abraham that his faith, so that his faith might grow, so too God tests us. He asks us to do things for him, or he asks us to speak to others about him, or to step out and to pray for healing, or for circumstances to change. And it's by our obedience that our faith and our confidence in him grows. James, commenting on the story of Abraham and Isaac in chapter 1 and verse 22, says, You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. How is God asking you to express your faith at this time? Fourthly then, what is the outcome of our faith? Will we see answers straight away? We are inclined in Western society to live in the immediate, in the, in the instant. We're used to demanding immediate answers to our questions. To expect our purchases to come, Amazon Prime, same day delivery for what we want to always be there when we want it. And we feel somehow that our, our rights have been impacted if it's not there. Even when we're in our relationship with God, how often do we find ourselves saying, do I find myself saying, God's not answering my prayers? This is what it says in verses 13 to 16 of our passage that we read today. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things that promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show they are looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were looking for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Ultimately, the outcome of our faith is in eternity, in uninterrupted relationship with Jesus and the Father and the Spirit forever. All our prayer and faith and expectation needs to be cradled in the bigger picture of God's eternal plan. To recap then, God is the source of our faith. God is the object of our faith. Obedience and action are the expression of our faith. And eternity with him is the outcome of our faith. Have a good week and may you know, may you know his presence with you always. Thank you.